Hey folks, we have a great show coming up. It is Animal Tales episode number one, 2024, brought to you by SBCA Tampa Bay. I'm Eric Keaton. I'm going to be talking to Devin Quinn. He's a vet tech. He does wonderful work. He's going to share his story and we're going to talk about our upcoming pet walk. The kickoff is on February 10th and I have some great adoption stories for you during Barking News. Let's go. Here we go, 2024, it is episode one, Animal Tales, trying to do everything new to get you locked in to SPCA Tampa Bay and our Animal Tales and our first guest of episode one, Devin Quinn, veterinary tech here What's at SPCA on? Tampa Bay. How you doing? Good, how are you? How are All you? right, we're going to talk shelter medicine, right? Let's do it, yeah. All Very right. excited. One of your favorites, Dr. Pindar, was on here oh, before. Oh yes, absolutely love her. She's the best. And Dr. Pindar... And Dr. Lopez, in previous episodes that you can watch on YouTube or download from your favorite podcast provider, you can see all of those on like iHeart, YouTube. Those two episodes were probably some of our most viewed and listened to. For some yeah. reason, Dr. Pindar's podcast has got caught up in a loop lately, and there's hundreds and hundreds of downloads. But really talked about the difference between Dr. Lopez and the work he does with yeah. other veterinarians and vet techs like yourself and nurses right. for own pets. But here at the shelter, it's a little bit different. Yeah, different ballgame for sure. So let's start at the beginning. Okay. You're in high school, but you're a hell of a baseball player, and you get a scholarship. What happens yeah. next? So um, in high school, I actually injured my elbow my junior year, um, and then I had to do rehab, come back my senior year, and then I got the scholarship to go play in Missouri, a uh, small school up there, which was so awesome. And I had really no direction as far as what I wanted to do with my life besides baseball. That was always my passion was just baseball. And so um, coming into the spring season, which was like the big season, I got back from winter break. My first uh, first practice back, I blew my elbow out again. And so I was kind of at a loss because it- Were you getting like Tommy John surgery or um, anything? So or? I had a, yeah, I had partial tears in my ligament, but I also had nerve damage the second time. Um, and that was kind of the, the tough part because I couldn't play anymore. And that was that. And so then COVID hit right after that. Mm -hmm. So I got sent home and then- I really was like, boy, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I was just doing online school and business. And <clears throat> my mom was like, hey, you, time to get a job. Like, let's, yeah. let's do something. And I was like. That's what moms do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so then I was like, all right, I guess I'll look for something. And she said, I think you like animals, right? I was like, yeah, we've always grown up, grown up with like dogs. I had greyhounds and huskies and rat terriers growing up. So a little bit of everything. And um, then I applied to the shelter and they called me back within two days. And here I am. Wow. Let uh, me back up to the baseball a little bit. Were you pitching? Yeah, I was a I was a pitcher in high school. I played uh, after my injury. I played first and pitch, pitched. Yeah. And which high school here locally? Indian Rocks Christian School. Okay. Yeah. So usually the guys who pitch and play the other position, best players on the team. No, and getting not, not that's, the best, but I was I was definitely uh, up there. Yeah. Yeah, because I can tried, remember I back in my high school days, the shortstop Danny Rayleigh mm -hmm. for Potomac High School and his older brother too, Tim. They were really great players. He played shortstop. Okay. But he's also one of the best pitchers. Oh, awesome. His yeah. curveball was nuts. Oh, yeah. But he basically taught me how to hit a curveball. He was drafted to the Tigers organization. Oh, nice. Okay, and very this, cool. You know, so I'm an old guy. So back in the day, uh, they were getting uh, recruited to Wichita State. Oh, nice. Who was, yeah, it's a beautiful school. Yeah, but Missouri 
still. So you didn't have any like I got to get this fixed, got to get back into baseball. Or? I couldn't. That, that was the thing. Was after the first time, it was just the ligament, so I could get it fixed and come back. But once there's nerve damage, there's really not a whole lot you can do with it. And then at that point, it was like I'm gonna spend another year in rehab, and I just I was just kind of done. I was burnt out of doing the whole thing, and I was like, I need to just do something. And so then I started here, mm -hmm. um, and that's when like kind of my whole life changed. I was here for probably three months and it was pretty brutal because I was in the kennels. And so, you know, you don't realize how hard those kennel technicians work and how hard the animal welfare team works, the adoption team, but it is uh, one of the hardest jobs here. It hands down physically, mentally it's, it's brutal. And so at, but once you get a passion and a love for it, it's like all that kind of alleviates and you're just like immersed in yeah. animals. When we show yeah. marketing material and Matt takes pictures of folks in animal welfare yeah. and they're in the kennels cleaning mm -hmm. and they're doing this and it yeah. shows oh, it's that that's real sweat yeah. i mean no matter you know, think about it when it's 90 some degrees and humid yep. in july still today here we are january it's going to be like low 70s mm -hmm. it's still hard work oh, it's and they're sweating their you know what's off yeah yeah it's hard i mean i remember so vividly being out there during the summer scrubbing litter pans and just like just drenched in sweat. I would spray myself down with a hose because it was so hot. So, yeah. so in that animal welfare mm -hmm. role, yeah, mom says, go find a job. You're like, okay, yeah, I like working with animals. You get here, you get called in two days and you're in that. How many kennels do you think you were cleaning in? You know, it's, it's an eight hour day because <clears throat> then you have to switch to other duties once right. they're done. Yeah. So usually you're assigned two areas. So if I'm assigned, you know, a kennel and E kennel, I could be cleaning upwards of 60 kennels. Um, just in the morning and then you go back through to do feeds. So you're feeding and you're cleaning up after during that as well. And then in between that, you're doing litter pans, carriers, because <clears throat> it's kind of a, you know, a well-oiled machine, like medical uses the carriers. Someone's got to clean them. Intake uses carriers. Someone's got to clean them. Litter pans, everybody uses those. So mm -hmm. someone's got to clean them. So we're constantly just like we're cleaning up. And then when you have the iguana enclosure as well with our resident iguanas here. And that was, you know, that took hours to clean and you're out there baking in the sun too. So what else was involved in that role? Cause after you clean, yeah. then they got to right. so, get the animals ready if it's yeah. an adoption day. Yeah. So I quickly became an adoption counselor and uh, started working in the satellite office, doing meet and greets with families, trying to find the right fit for families. And that was so rewarding. And that really also put into perspective just how much I, I loved what I did. And um, so, yeah, we would get done with cleaning and then we'd kind of just prep for the day. So we'd go look at all the available dogs, write out all of their things, whether they're, you know, high energy dog or they're, um, you know, we have to do a kid intro with them because they're so big and crazy, mm -hmm. whatever it may be. That's kind of what we did. Then we took our lunch and when we came back, it was showtime and adoption started flying. How much did you uh, interact with the volunteers? Because they put a lot of information on the oh, board, yeah. like whether they walk yeah. or not. And then you're trying to get pull some information from them. Absolutely. Well. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, the cat, cat volunteers, the dog walking volunteers, they are like integral into the part of us because they really interact with the animals more than we do. Um, as far as walking goes, as far as, you know, in the, when they're in there with the cats, um, they are like seeing all the behaviors or seeing medical stuff. So even now in my role, we talk to them so much and um, we'll check the boards and we kind of update the boards based on what the volunteers see. So it, they do help so much and they're, they're amazing. And you volunteered on your own too, at that yeah. time to take some dogs home, take them on a oh, little yeah. adventure dog. Like that's another yeah, series I that did, we have. I did fostering too, um, with Hunter, the foster coordinator who I think was on here as well. 
And um, we, he, he sent me out with lots of animals and it was so fun because, you know, it's again, just another rewarding part of the job is to see them kind of be in a home and then you get to give such amazing information to the adopt potential mm -hmm. adopters mm -hmm. about them. And then on the flip side, you're in the animal welfare and you're like, what is this medical team doing over there? Because it's yeah. the whole, uh, you know, other half because, less. yeah, yes. What said, hmm, how did you, did you... Talk to one of the vet techs, nurses, so, one of the docs and say, hey, look, how do I get involved in this? Yeah, it's kind of a funny story. So I was actually cleaning the iguana enclosure one one day and um, I heard like screaming from a dog walking volunteer and the dog, mm -hmm. it was during the summer and the dog was overheating and it was just unconscious on the ground. And you don't realize how unprepared you are for situations yeah. until you're in them. Yeah. And so I was like, oh boy, I have no idea what to do. So I just walked you the medical team. They came out, got the dog. And I was like, oh man, I'd be surprised if that dog makes it. You know, I mm -hmm. didn't, I had no idea. And then a couple hours later, she was just in her kennel, happy as a clam. And I was like, wow, that's what I want to be a part of. And so I talked to um, Dr. Pindar and I was like, hey, on my days off, I would love to just come and like, just watch you, just shadow you, immerse myself in it, see if I love it. And sure enough, like within two, two sessions with her, I was in. Yeah. Awesome. You know, heat exhaustion and heat stroke and, and dogs or any, any animal, yeah. that, that is no joke. No, it's not. That's a future animal. To, I've gone through it twice myself mm -hmm. being a runner with that dog, Charlie, I was talking about oh, that passed away yep. in October 22. Okay, yeah. Stubborn. Did not want to drink water. Never do. I never do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Heat is the heat is brutal out here in Florida. And so, you know, keeping an eye on the dog's temperatures is, is ideal. Um, because it can happen in just a blink of an eye. And again, when you get into those situations, you don't know what to do. So until you know what to do. Okay, so you see this heat exhaustion case here on, on campus. Mm -hmm. But wasn't there a moment, too, where you went from animal welfare, thought about, and then you you left the organization for a little bit pursuing higher education and mm -hmm. then you found your way back to us. Yeah. It's it's like the mafia thing. They it just is. pulled me right back in. Yeah, it is. It really is. <laughs> I mean, I, I went to a, go to an emergency clinic. I had been shadowing there for about six months mm -hmm. at the time. And so I went and then, you know, I'm not a certified vet tech. I'm trying to get into vet school. So I'm trying to just do my undergrad right now to get into vet school. And so I'm never going to have my certification as a vet tech. And so there, they really just wanted the certified vet techs, which I completely understand. You go through two years of great schooling. Right. Um, but I was like, you know, I, I didn't get to follow any of the cases there. It was more here, do this lab work. So I run the lab work, but I never get to see why they're doing it or what happens after. And I was like, I like the whole cycle. I want to see everything. You know, that's the only way I can learn. So I was like, called um, Michi, our manager, and I was like, hey, I, I got to come back. And she was like, yeah, let's do it. So I came back and then I was, I was all in. I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to stray away again. This is, this mm -hmm. is my spot. Um, shelter medicine is amazing. And then our team here is just unbelievable. So, so walk us through a day in the life of, of Devin, of being a, a vet tech now. Yeah. Um, every day is different, but so a surgery day looks like I come in at seven. Usually, um, if I'm a surgery lead that day, I'll come in at seven. I'll dose all the drugs. I'll pull up all the drugs. Um, I kind of see what we're working with that day. I make a game plan in my head as far as, okay, I want to do cats first or dogs first, or if we're doing a dental, I'll do give Dr. Pendara a spay while I'm doing the dental. And then once I'm done cleaning, she comes over. So you really got to think. And then, so we'll do that till about noon. And then I put in all the paperwork after that. And then if I get, if we get done early cleaning, putting all the animals away, then I'll do adoption exams until time to go. Uh, that is definitely a big day. How many animals do you think in total that you'll see in the different variety of species? Um, per year? Per, on, on, a, on a day. Uh, on a day. Or, um, or in a year. You can answer both. 
I if mean, you know, get I don't rough, know a year, yeah. but a day of different species, I probably see like five to 10 different species, especially on the yeah. weekends because I see the wildlife too. So, I mean, I'm seeing, um, you know, I'll go over there and help them out with whatever um, it may be. Were you here when uh, and help with the flamingo? I was not here. I was on vacation oh, when that like, happened. Dang, gone it. What's going on? One of those, uh, you know, here we are involved with uh, a marketing uh, as well. Yeah. So now that you're, you know, found your calling, mm -hmm. are, are you looking to be, uh, you know, doctor? Yeah, I would love to be a veterinarian. That's that's a dream. Um, I try not to give myself a plan B. Like, that's what I'm going to do. Um, I feel like that is my calling. I've never been so passionate about anything in my entire life. I'm just have a super positive obsession with veterinary medicine. I mean, I go home and I'll, you know, do self-studying and I'll really like dive into the literature of medicine and try and give the animals here just a better quality of care. And also it, it helps because then I can teach the other technicians and the other technicians teach me. And we have a great learning environment here that Dr. Pindar and <clears throat> the management team has been so yeah. great about. Doing. A couple more questions and, and just to let folks know what other things that you guys do and when the teams all get together every Tuesday we have this thing called grand rounds yes yes and the other day Devin led yeah, uh I did calling on each department and sometimes the departments you know we're doing this in intake we're doing this in animal welfare but in medical walk us through some of those numbers because you're going through okay we have this many mm -hmm. animals getting ready to go yeah. through surgery this many animals for for pre-treatment uh, explain to the audience yeah, what that's so like we have, whenever, whenever animals are surrendered here, transferred here, whatever that may be, we have something called the evaluate list. So the evaluate list means the technicians are going to evaluate that animal. The animal cannot move through our process at all unless we, as technicians, put our hands on the animals, do a physical exam, get them up to date on any vaccines that they might need, um, and then we'll put them through to the next stage. So a lot of times we get a lot of unaltered animals here, which spaying, neutering your animals is extremely important. Um, and so we will do that here. And so they go into pre-surgery. So I think that specific Tuesday that I led, I, we had um, 35 in pre-surgery, so mm -hmm. 35 animals that still needed surgery. And then that day, we actually pulled 24 animals for surgery. So uh, then our evaluate list was like, I think we're up in the 50s right now, but um, it's already plummeting back down because we're knocking out adoption exams. But yeah, that's kind of the well-oiled machine of medical is the stages and moving them through from evaluate then to pre-surgery. And sometimes mm -hmm. they can go straight from evaluate to the adoption for yeah so. yeah sometimes sometimes but yeah. the reason i want you to, to and i wanted to call that out is <clears throat> you know folks see spca tampa bay they see all those animals mm -hmm. on the adoption floor they just don't arrive here from a transfer from one of our our partners uh like louisiana spca right, yeah. or the partner up in georgia right. or somebody who are here locally and they just surrender it and we're just like okay animal's good to go oh yeah put it over on put it on the website there's a lot rare. that goes into yeah, it yeah there's a ton i mean we do heartworm testing on all of our dogs so if a dog has heartworm disease which is a debilitating disease in dogs um we treat them here but i mean that's a two-week process of treatment for these guys so um, kennel cough is another one kind of, uh, treating respiratory illness in them. That's mm -hmm. another, that's a 14 day process. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, so many more things, skin issues, which in Florida, very common. Um, we see a lot of the, um, skin allergies in our bully breeds here as well. And they're predisposed to that. So we treat that as well. And again, that can be a couple weeks process. So yeah. anything else to add, Devin? timeline for becoming a doctor anything else you've learned want to share um, want to recruit people <laughs> yeah i mean if you as far as uh shelter medicine goes and being a technician if you are interested in being a technician here it's one of the most diverse um atmospheres that you can be in as far as the animals go um, you learn so much about 
every single aspect of animal welfare. And I think that's super important seeing the sides of animal welfare that the public doesn't get to see. So seeing the, you know, surrendering process, which can be super, super cool to see and super cool to learn mm -hmm. about. And then you also just get a different perspective on humanity, I think, working here. Yeah. And that's something that I can never, ever uh, thank this place enough for. Awesome. Well said, Devin. You're, you. you're doing a, a great job. And I would add that Dr. Pendar and Dr. Lopez, because we yeah. shine the light on Dr. Lopez and his 25,000 mm -hmm. spay-neuter surgeries, they would say, we could not do what we do without the vet techs and the nurses. It's not like they just go in there by themselves and go, all right, yeah. let's do this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, everybody's got to be on board. And um, if everybody's on board, this thing is the highest functioning machine you can get. All right. Well, spread the word about the podcast. We'll get more subscribers. And Absolutely. because more subscribers means some of that revenue that YouTube likes to share, they have tons of it. We'll come back to the shelter. I'm going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have barking news and talk about some animals who are living their best life. They've been adopted. We're going to share their story after they left here at SPCA Tampa Bay and a little bit on Pet Walk. Hi, I'm Coco and this is my friend Daisy and we're here to tell you about Pet Walk. SPCA Tampa Bay is a for-all shelter that won't refuse to care for any animal that comes to its doors. It costs $35 a day to care for each animal under our care, and Pet Walk raises funds to support animals in SPCA Tampa Bay's care. Join or form a Pet Walk team with coworkers, friends, family, or join as an individual virtual walker and start raising money today. Hi, I'm Bree, and this is my dog Burton. It's simple to participate in Pet Walk. Just go to PetWalk.org to log into your team or to create a brand new one. Signing up for Pet Walk is free. All participants who raise $50 or more will receive an official 2024 Pet Walk t-shirt and goodie bag. Participants raising $100 or more can select from amazing prizes. Pet Walk is on April 6th at two locations, North Straub Park in downtown St. Petersburg and Largo Central Park in Largo. All right, welcome back to the Animal Tales podcast. I'm Eric Keaton. Devin Quinn did a great job. Again, like and subscribe to the podcast on YouTube or on your favorite podcast provider. Folks, this is episode one of 2024. I have new glasses and I'm going to use the damn things and read these barking news segments. Up first, we're going to have some adoption stories. First one I want to share, we get these adoption stories in all the time, but I pulled a couple of them. I thought we should be sharing them, not only on social media, but on the podcast. The first one, and Matt's going to put up these pictures and video, it's a cute update on Ava, now Millie, with her new family and sister, SBCA alumni Jewel, now Mabel, adopted last May. Great job to the adoptions team. This is a great match. And that was an email forwarded to us from the adopters uh, through uh, Stacy Manager, who is one of our outstanding animal welfare uh, team members. And you can see them cuddling together on the, the little pillow. <laughs> My dog has one of those as well. All right. Now we're going to share video. And folks, stand by. Because this hairless guinea pig looks like it's something out of a Star Wars movie. It's just my, that's my opinion. I don't mean, that doesn't, I'm not being mean. That's a compliment, okay? And I'm going to share this from Molly and uh, Java right now. Hi, my name is Molly and I just adopted a guinea pig. And then in quotes, a hairless guinea pig named Richard Cream Puff, in quotes, Simmons. I'm going to say that again. 
Richard Cream Puff Simmons. So, Polly Shore, your little uh, video on YouTube as you're starring as Richard Simmons as a court jester, you now have a hairless guinea pig named Richard Cream Puff Simmons. But they changed Richard Cream Puff Simmons to Java. On Wednesday, January 10th, she is doing amazing, and she has become a bold little pig, and she is huge snacker. Okay, loves to eat. And our last one, uh, update for the adoptions. I'm going to go to my phone here. It's an update on Kimber. You might remember our adoptions page with the dogs. Uh, we had a, a Pinellas County Animal Services transferred in several Weimaraners to us. This is an update on Kimber. Kimber is now Gemma. Everybody changes their names. I adopted from here, and, and she was Roxy. I left her as Roxy, but to each their own. Uh, Gemma has adjusted pretty well. Uh, she's in her new home. She's not as shy as she was, is walking pretty well now. Still not very open to strangers, but getting there. Loves her comfort, loves to walk now, and is a sweetheart, great companion. Got to see her first snow. I guess they traveled up to Tennessee. You can see some of the pictures. Uh, actually, uh, Gemma is wearing one of those little jackets. And she they're having no problems at all. Thank you all. Thank you for adopting all three of those uh, stories as well. Let me get back to my notes. Bet walk's coming up. We're probably, it's April 6th. And we are just days away from the pet walk kickoff. We'll put the information on the screen that is February 10th right here at our for all shelter in Largo pet walk will be April 6th right now it has two locations in St. Pete and in Largo in Central Park uh, also next episode Devin may want to come back and go with us we're going to the Rays fan fest remember we had those three big interviews we're going to go out there and bother the players again not sure if we're going to take animals this year uh, probably the closer we get, depending on what is in our inventory, we will uh, look to take them. And remember, go to our website and review that story about Dr. Lopez. 25,000 spay neuter surgeries since he's been with SPCA Tampa Bay. Go to spcatampabay.org backslash 25K. I'm a genius for thinking of that one, right? And last but not least, we also have our Tales of Gratitude. You can catch this little uh, baby on our website as well. Has all the great numbers and how we contributed to animals in the community here in the Tampa Bay area and beyond, beyond, beyond. All right, that's going to do it. All right, I'd like to thank Matt for putting all this together and our entire marketing team, Devin, for being our guest. If you would like to send in a topic or you would like to be on the Animal Tales podcast, just send me an email at ekeaton at spcatampabay.org. Like, subscribe, hit the thumb button, notifications, all that good stuff. We'll see you on the next episode.